Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're so glad to have you join us with Restored and Remarried, where we are here all to give you tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Yeah, I can't get over that you still say tingles. I think that's just so much fun. Tingles? Uh, well... <laughs> That's yeah, another yeah. podcast. That's another podcast we just did on sex, and if you haven't listened to it yet, you should really go back and listen to it. <laughs> okay, on to the that was that was R-rated already. Already, we're getting off on the well, we right special, foot. We have a special guest with us today that we are really excited to get in touch with, start talking to. So tell me a little bit about that, Brenda, and yeah. let's, get, let's introduce. Yeah, so we've got Jed Churchenko on the line today. Hi, Jed. Hey, great to what? be here with you guys. I'm trying to remember how long ago we connected. It was probably a year ago, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Just kind of a lot of back and forth by email, and yeah, fun to finally get to talk to you guys over the phone. Yeah, well, and we we're really excited to be able to share with our listeners um, all the resources and wisdom you have. So we're going to be talking about marriage today and a little bit of parenting, kind of all over the place. So. Um, I, Jed, you know what, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself a little bit. Give us your, your 30, well, three-minute elevator speech. <laughs> so uh, I'm a marriage and family therapist um, working with foster families, and then I also get to teach some psychology classes at a seminary occasionally, and um, I enjoy writing books. Um, right. I'm also, I think most importantly, um, husband, um, and daddy to four incredible girls, um, most important job by by far, and um, in a blended family home. Wow. And how long have you and Jenny been married? Jenny and I have been married for five and a half years. Great. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> it is going awesome. Um, any surprises? Any surprises? Um, I think... For me, the biggest surprise is just how awesome being married is. Um, That's a good and answer. How... You should probably get a few points for that from <laughs> <Yeah>. Jenny. <laughs> we'll I'm trying. I'm... Well, uh, just kind of right off the top, I love your uh, your website uh, connection. is coffeeshopconversations.com. So just kind of want to set that up, and then we'll come back to Coffee Shop Conversations a little later. So. Brenda's got something else, and then we're going to well, kind of jump in. Yeah, so, Jed, you've written 12 books, uh, some with Jenny, and I've got to ask you, some of the, the titles, most of the titles on the books that you've written are 131, then you'll say, like, Creative Conversations for Couples. You have one for Engaged People, Step Families, Kids and Families. So I'm curious, how did you come up with the number 131? That's a great question and something um, – more and more people have been asking me, and a lot of it goes back to really my own story and um, my first marriage when there was just kind of that dirt under the fingernails time when thing was, things were messy and chaotic. Um, and as somebody who had 
um, grown up in the church, I naturally went to the church looking for advice and um, kind of trying to figure out what to do next. And I received um, a lot of the same answers from pastors and Christian leaders, which was pray more, read the Bible, attend church, and trust God for the results. Um, So really to look to the spiritual disciplines, um, which is, of course, a good thing to do, but it wasn't helpful in in addressing the problems that we were having. Um, So what I ended up doing was trying harder and doing more of the same thing, Um, basically living out the definition of insanity for over a year. And um, later on, I found out there was all sorts of other things that I could do, um, but didn't recognize. So I love this idea of brainstorming, um, coming up with new ideas, new options, um, but there's always new things to try in a relationship. And um, so I wanted to help people get creative, try new things. And a lot of people were writing books with 101 in the title Uh at the time, and I really decided I wanted to do a little bit more. Um, So 131 just kind of felt like a good number. (laughs) Well, it's definitely an attention getter. Yeah. I was often wondering why not 132, but that really answers the question. That really answers the question. You always have to throw it. Stick in the cog. Well, but I'm I'm liking what what, what he's putting down here. Yeah. So since we're interviewing a question asker, I would like to ask you, what is your favorite question for couples to strengthen their marriage? Absolutely. That one is easy. I think it's my favorite question for couples and um, just about anybody. Um, And that's my question, what's going good? Mm. And... um, I like that. I've used that for, oh, it's probably been going on almost 10 years now. And just time and time again, I see families who are discouraged and frustrated and beaten down and will ask, what's going good? And the common answer is nothing. I can't think of anything. Mm. Um, And so we'll brainstorm. We'll start small and, you know, try to build, even if it's something as simple as, hey, the sun's shining out today and I like the sunshine. Um, And slowly but surely, we begin to build momentum. Um, But I think that's a foundational question when things are rough is what's going good? Because it's so easy um, to kind of get that tunnel vision on the problem, and all of a sudden it seems like it's bigger than it really is. Um, So I think that's um, a good way for couples to break out of that tunnel vision. You know, and the follow-up to that, Jed, that that triggered in me from one counselor to another with most couples is that when they are in a bad spot, a rough spot, what's going good is is really kind of another way of kind of indirectly building hope. So, you know, when you're building hope with someone, what's going good actually gets them thinking in the opposite direction of what's going terrible because it seems like everything's going terrible. So, yeah, that's that's good. Nice. Well, and that's even kind of... So one of the questions, I, I need to kind of set it up here a little bit, came from, you know, 131 questions for step families, step family success. And way back on page 96, Jenny kind of was making a comment and, and, and then kind of rolled over to the next comment, and then I'll ask the question. And the, what caught my eye was is that she said, the hard times my family experienced have cemented us together in a way that would not otherwise have been possible Jed and I learned quickly in our marriage to lean on each other and work together to weather the storms as they come. And then just a couple sentences later, she said, 
I cannot always control the situations my family finds ourselves in. I can, however, control how I respond to them. So with that said, a priority question that you would want to know in a step family, a step couple, a new couple, for your spouse, what is the priority question you want to know from your spouse as you enter into co-parenting battlefield? You know, that's such a good question. I think you're going to like this metaphor. This has become um, just one of my favorite metaphors in the, in the last year. I, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but if a couple who is thinking about going into a blended family um, was going to ask a question that would really make a difference, I think the question to ask is, can we connect like Velcro through what's going to happen in the next, you know, two to five years ahead. And so let me explain that a little bit. I love this metaphor, um, kind of a new marriage metaphor for me, and it's the idea of connecting like Velcro. Um, does, you know, if you look closely at a piece of Velcro, one side has hundreds and hundreds of little lo- hooks on it. Um, other side has hundreds and hundreds of little loops. Gil, were you ever one of those kids with, like, the Velcro shoes where you um, hook the – loops and the hooks together over and over again so they kind of spray out all the time yeah (laughs) and then you get them close together and it's almost like they connect by magic even though the the two strips are a ways away just as it's so worn out so it's almost like those kind of like they almost were magnetized you know you did get them close enough they they would just grab for each other yeah and so that's really a metaphor of what couples um need to be able to do they need to be able to um, connect, disconnect, and then most importantly of all is that um, part where they're magnetized, where they're reaching out for one another. I think if a blended family can do that, they're going to make it through just about anything. Okay, so yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to um, probably like geek out on this a little bit, but I love all the research. So um, years and years ago, therapists used to um, really help couples communicate well. Um, and that was the big focus. So if you went to a couples counselor, a lot of times the exercise was, um, you know, one person would say something, the therapist would have the other person repeat it back. Um, first person would check for accuracy. Um, if they didn't repeat it right, they would say this, you know, statement again. And so really what they were doing is helping couples learn to argue good um, or fight better. Mm-hmm. Um, which for some couples was helpful, but it really wasn't selling that connection piece. Um, you know, this, God didn't make us or design us just to communicate, but to connect. And um, I think that's what's so exciting about a good relationship is staying connected, um, even when things are hard, knowing that the two of you are in this together. So for a blended family to say, hey, when things get hard, um, can we put aside our differences um, and choose to stay connected, um, even in the midst of the storm, or even when we're disagreeing. Good, good. I, I think you know, as you're saying that, it just reminds me of the the concept of you know not just communicating but connecting. As thus came the word connectication. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we got our head and our heart together, and when that happens, you know, our rear ends, i.e., our behaviors begin to change. I think the reason why I, I really like that comment that Jenny made. Uh, is the fact that she used the word cement uh, when going through the hard time. And I, 
the more I, I work with couples and even in my own relationship with Brenda, that it's the hard stuff. It's, it's the difficult stuff. It's actually the things that are painful that when we worked together through them, are probably more binding, more bonding, more connecting than, you know, a nice vacation to Jamaica, although that is nice, but the fact that we battled through together, especially on co-parenting issues, and that didn't pull us apart, but pulled us together, and like you're saying with the Velcro, that's what's really holding us together. I I really, really like that, so thank you. Brenda, I love yeah. that one. Yeah, and all, I love the visual of the Velcro. That's can we borrow that? <laughs> how, how, how about we trade? I'm gonna borrow yeah, that there connectication. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, you can use Gil's word connectication. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Okay, another question. Moving on. Um, you had sent us a, a preview copy of your new book, Happy Skills for Happy Kids, and and. Uh, as I was saying earlier, I mean, the graphics are just so light and inviting, and I'm going to buy a couple copies to send to my grandkids because it's uh, you just did a fabulous job on that. Um, so oh, if you want you guys. to take a few minutes to talk about, you know, your motivation for this and what people can expect when they read through it with their kids. Also, the age focus on this book, what would you say that is? You know, Age-wise, I think I was writing for um, probably two to six-year-olds. Um, just as it's harder to teach stress management skills to younger kids, and even in blended families, little kids get stressed. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, that's why there's the crying or the tantrums or the acting out. But that's a lot of changes for a little kid, and it's um, hard as a parent to know how to help a two-year-old deal with the stress. And so I tried to put it in, you know, a fun, um, engaging book that parents and kids can do together to, um, you know, help little kids use basic stress management skills like um, taking the big deep breath, mm-hmm. um, you know, or stretching and moving around and um, some of the self-talk um, tools that are in there. So really just simple, simple um, tools that the, um, even young kids can do. Well, I think some of the things that you demonstrate or suggest, uh, like the deep breath thing about blowing it, pretend you're blowing a pinwheel, um, I think adults can even relate to that. (laughs) That's awesome. And then at the end of the book, you did some really um, thorough work to kind of educate the parents, too, on um, kind of the psychological end of why, how to reduce stress and why you were, you know, like teaching through play and forming healthy habits. I mean, that's really solid stuff. So the skills that are there, uh, Jed, what, what are some of the skills that you're actually teaching the parent to be able to pass along to the kid? You know, probably the most simple and basic one is just that big, big, deep breath, and it's one that I use a lot when I do work with two- and three-year-old kids. We'll practice taking big, deep breaths by blowing on a bubble wand or blowing on a pinwheel. Um, what's funny is when I um, facilitated anger management groups, domestic violence groups, um, that was one of the skills that we would teach to men and women in domestic violence groups is take a big, deep breath, walk away. Um, so whether you're, you know, two years old, 20, 60, um, that's probably one of the quickest ways to calm your body down physically, get out of that fight, flight, or freeze mode, and um, begin to re-regulate. And I love Gil's 
tips, tools, and tingles, and that tingles part is just so important to be able to um, relax, feel good, and, and enjoy, enjoy your blended family. Yeah, and getting in touch with your own body sometimes through some of these little exercises uh, are, are indeed simple skills, but skills that really can kind of save you a lot of heartache. <laughs> well, and at any yeah. age, too. Right. Teenagers, too. Huh? Right, right, yeah. right. So back to coffeeshopconversations.com. That's kind of how people can find you. Is there a website or other than that, or is there a Facebook or anything like that, how people can connect with you? Yeah, I'm also on Facebook, I think, under Coffee Shop Conversations. I think probably the website's the best place to connect, though. Okay, cool. Great. So, and you have a blog that you write. Got a blog. Yeah. So here, here's, the, here's the question. I mean, we're talking about all this stuff. So we've got to get to kind of a fun question to kind of as we land the plane here. So, so you, you probably frequent a lot of coffee shops because there's a lot of talking going on and the barista's whipping up hot drinks and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but when people come in and order their caffeination fix uh, and you're observing, watching people, when they're ordering their drinks and the type of drinks that they're ordering, in your observations, what does that say about people when they order their own drink and how and what it is? Yeah, be careful here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew. I wish I knew, like, the psychology of coffee. That would be, that would be a fun skill to have. Uh, 131 um, reasons why you order a house coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I would go for that. So one thing I do know is if you order black coffee, I want to go hang out with you. Yeah. Really? That is, that is by far my favorite, yep. Just a straight-up black coffee? Straight-up black coffee. Ah, and why would that be? <laughs> I have no idea, but um, by far, that's my, that's my go-to and my favorite. Sounds like you're low-maintenance. Yeah. That's cool. That's and people that come oh. in that order a, a non-fat double shot, with skim milk and a few little sprinkles on it could be more higher maintenance, right? Wow. We could team up and write a book like how to how to select your next spouse based on their coffee drinking habit. <laughs> hey, you're onto something. I think that would yeah. tell a lot. Yeah. Or we're in the Pacific Northwest, maybe what kind of brew you pick. You know, if it's an IPA <laughs> or what kind of wine you pick or what kind of soda. I mean Oh, we're really getting yeah. far we're getting far afield here, so so um, we just got a couple more minutes here, and I guess, you know, because my, my background being in the world of insurance and risk management and then being a counselor, coach, and working with couples and all that, typically when I, I get done, especially asking and doing an interview with, with a professional question asker, here's my, my last and final question. What question should have I asked that I didn't know that I should have asked you that I didn't ask? <laughs> good question. That is a good question. I'm not even sure I know what that means. <laughs> well, it looks like your heart is to you and Jenny to to kind of like ours in a sense of wanting to equip couples um, and families uh, with resources to improve their relationships. Absolutely. Yeah, I know for. A time there's a lot of just kind of hurting and heartache and pain and um, not knowing where to go. And I think um, part of the desire 
um, was to help couples um, not go through the same struggles and um, hopefully help them not feel alone on the on the journey. Because there are a lot of blended families out there. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it, though. Well, I think what I'm getting from all this, Jed, is is that you know you started to ask really good questions, and out of that, those really good questions actually bring hope and direction and structure uh, because really good questions typically then move us to, to action or to think differently mm-hmm. of where we're at. So, Well, in some of the questions, it's like, oh, yeah, I never thought to ask you that, or, oh, we've never really talked about this. Mm-hmm. Or even how to reframe that. So we really appreciate your work and, and, and the encouragement that you bring with 131 questions for all kinds of circumstances. <laughs> But with that, we just want to leave everybody with that idea, hey, that maybe you should be asking 100 questions to yourself about your marriage, and now there's an actual resource about it. Because as we say, if you ain't got the marriage... You ain't got nothing. See you next time. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, always forward. Take care. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on their website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.